two crashes of brand new airplanes within five months of each other, that doesn't happen in modern aviation. And the question was, did Boeing put an unsafe plane in the air? Boeing waged a pretty vigorous public relations campaign. There was a blame game going on. They talked about Jedi mind-tricking regulators. Who brings a lobbyist to a safety meeting? Boeing knew pilots had a monster waiting for them. It's just unconscionable to me. Yeah, what's unconscionable is not doing the show! Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love on Valentine's Day. When you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Man, that's the problem with ever celebrating the day that you're recording it on, because everybody who will hear this will hear it after Valentine's Day. <laughs> Too late! <laughs> uh, hey, man, uh, Bryce, what did we just see? That was a trailer for Netflix's upcoming feature-length documentary, Downfall, colon, The Case Against Boeing, which covers the disastrous launch of the Boeing 737 MAX. It is a feature-length documentary. It's coming to Netflix this week, February 18th. And this was a co-production between Boeing and HBO Max, right? Uh, and then they released it on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, it has no axe to grind. It is a technocratic exploration of the facts of the case of the 737 Max. That's it. Hulu, Hulu's got a competing one by Siemens. <laughs> Uh, by by Airbus, yeah, <laughs> there you go. That works. That works. Uh, the the uh, 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 my favorite part of that of that clip was when he said, "Did Boeing put an unsafe plane in the air?" It's like, yes. Yeah. Did you not watch the news? I mean, technically, yes, because it crashed twice. <laughs> I mean, it did they do it on purpose? You can't crash when you're already on the ground. Yeah, unless you're a toddler <laughs> or a car. Stuff. Yeah, or a car. <laughs> Uh, we uh, go now to live correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Josephson, that's who. There we go. Oh, there it is. You guys, I'm so excited to fly home on Thursday now. <laughs> well, uh, let's fly right into our primary target. Yep. No, no, uh, Tom. Usually that's Brian's job, Tom. <laughs> Long time, uh, Brian never steals my line, so I apologize. Uh, long time cord killers and frame rate listeners need no introduction to Movie Pass. Uh, but for anybody vague on the details, here's the quick summary to catch you up previously on frame rate and cord killers. Movie Pass arrived in 2011. It offered multiple movie viewings at theaters for a low monthly price. It was like $50 for five movies, something like that. It was created by Tony B. Cast, Hammett Watt, and Stacey Spikes. In June 2016, the company made former Netflix and Redbox exec Mitch Lowe chief executive officer. And then in August 2017, MoviePass was sold to an analytics company called Helios & Matheson. It then became the MoviePass you've probably heard of, dropping its prices, making theater going unlimited, trying to get around theater opposition by issuing its own credit card. And when Spikes tried to point out flaws in these plans, H&M fired him in 2018. MoviePass then shut down in September 2019. You want a documentary, folks. Here's one. Uh, and in November of last year, Stacy Spikes bought the remains of MoviePass. And Thursday, Spikes announced MoviePass will return this summer. It's going to use credits. So not unlimited. 
You'll get credits for movies. Movies will cost different amount of credits. Like afternoon movies might cost two credits. Primetime movies might be three. Big blockbusters might be four. You can trade your credits. You can use your credits to bring a friend to a show. And your credits don't go away. You can roll them over from month to month. Movies, uh, the the whole thing will run like a co-op with users able to hold partial ownership in MoviePass. They're going to offer a lifetime subscription tier of some part. They say they're powered by Web3 technology because they wanted their press release to get picked up. Yeah. Uh, they're bringing back the original engineering team. So the folks who, who made the original MoviePass work are coming back. And they're incorporating tech from Spike's previous company before he restarted MoviePass called Pre-Show. Pre-Show had been used to let gamers view ads to get in-game currency and uses some facial tracking to make sure you're paying attention to the ad. So you'll be able to use pre-show technology to view ads and get MoviePass credits for free. Uh, If you were a loyal MoviePass viewer, you are going to be contacted to join in a beta test and possibly get a free year of the new MoviePass when it comes back, Brian, this summer. Uh, Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, I think there's a lot of territory to explore in terms of be careful what you wish for, because all of a sudden I think that in a post-COVID environment, I can't think of a better standalone platform uh, when when day and date is going to be, uh, forgive me, endemic uh, to many releases, or or at least the window is going to be very, very short. Um, uh, there's a number of things I want to get into, but uh, what I love the most about this story is, because uh, uh, you remember, uh, uh, Bryce loved MoviePass, right? Uh, and- oh, yeah, I use it all the time. I would, I would just... Hey, do I want to spend an hour and a half in a movie theater? Yes, I will. And Uh, then I would do it. And uh, uh, over on our comedy podcast, uh, Great Night, Mm -hmm. uh, he has this, um, uh, people playfully gave him a nom de plume. uh, And in fact, after uh, uh, MoviePass cratered, uh, when nobody was paying attention, one of our comedy uh, podcast listeners may have altered the Wikipedia page. Um, Who was it that created... Uh, movie pass, Tom. Uh, it says it was Tony B. Cast, Hammett Watt, <laughs> Stacy Spikes, and suddenly, suddenly now Bryce Castillo. Uh, or maybe that was Tony B. Casty. <laughs> the uh, <we laughs> they they still haven't updated the Wikipedia. It still lists <laughs> Tony B. Casty. <laughs> the 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 fake name <laughs> of Bryce Neshkov Castillo is one of the co-founders. That's Wikipedia's <laughs> fault. That's Wikipedia's mess to clean up. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's still there. But it's still there. It's still there, and we love it. Uh, but but to the real concern, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, uh, I actually think that even going to the movies is going to be kind of a clubhousey environment in the way that Disney Plus is a clubhousey environment in the way that Amazon is a, clus- uh, a, a clubhousey environment and and Netflix and so on. Uh this makes a lot of sense like 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 a monthly fee that I pay to have the option once a week to go out and see a high fidelity new release as opposed to a low fidelity new release I think makes a lot of sense. Okay. I was going to make fun of this, and the more Tom read, the more I was like, wait a second, I think I like it. Right? I was sort of like Mikey with the life cereal. But uh, my only thought was, as Tom was reading it, I was like, oh, crypto's coming. Something about crypto is coming. This seems like a precursor to them wanting these credits to be crypto. And then I was like, oh, there it is, Web3. 
And now I realize that that is something that just you put it in a press release to get it picked up. But also, if you even just took that out, you would be like, these people are eventually going to turn this into some kind of coin. Or use a coin and the credits are tied right. to the coin or yeah when they talk about partial ownership there might be some dow involved in there which is a, a, a right. way of, of using cryptocurrency to share ownership and something but i hope that those things are not are just accelerants to an already good idea rather than essential to the success of the idea uh i like it well, and, and to, to me, the Web3 part, and I understand that's a loaded buzzword that, that, that causes an army of eye rolling uh, to happen. But to me, all that really translates as is our servers cannot go down because it'll be on the blockchain. It'll be distributed. If you buy it, you know, you will it, it, it will be trackable and confirmed that you have access to go see this movie at this time or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I think what's super well. Several things are super smart about this. Uh, some of them unintentional, like waiting until the theater industry has gone through a horrible pandemic and are open to anything that will make it frictionless for people to get back into theaters and buy candy. Uh, that's a lucky part of this that's going to help. But also working with theaters, which Spikes has said he he definitely wants theaters on board and they are more open to being on board now, but also not being unlimited where people could abuse the system, but saying, It'll mostly be frictionless. We'll give you enough credits where you won't have to think about it most of the time. And those credits will roll over. So you won't be at the end of the month, like trying to like, well, I guess I should go to the movies because I've got credits. It's like, hold them, use them when you need to. So you get some of the benefits of unlimited without it actually being unlimited and therefore potentially hurting theaters. Well, and to be honest, if what they're really after is to model what has worked with Audible, then I am one billion percent on board because uh, like I don't feel the pressure to listen to too many audiobooks from Audible. I just become aware like, oh, that's a lot of credits. I should enjoy them because I, I bought them every single year. Uh, and likewise, I could see falling behind for a little bit on movies and then all of a sudden it's summer movie season and you're like, yeah, let me gobble them up. I really enjoyed that movie. Let me go see that one again. Yeah, Bryce, you in? Uh, I would. They're going to contact you. You were one of the loyal. <laughs> and, and and. <laughs> by, by by the way, can, can, uh, can, can we can we peel back the curtain a little bit? There was a brief <laughs> meeting we had to have about whether or not this was you setting up a joke on us, or whether or not one of our fans <laughs> had set up a joke in planted. Like we weren't. We weren't we didn't sure. Know who if, planted which seed where? We thought Tom might have been playing a trick on Bryce and, and Brian. And to anybody. <laughs> At home, all that happened is one of our comedy podcast fans um, uh, uh, vandalized Wikipedia <laughs> and listed uh, our producer as a co-founder. I, uh, you know what? I think I would try it because the part of MoviePass that rocked was when you were in early before they started saying, oh, you only get one a day. Only You only get like two a week or so, you know, before. Oh, you got to scan your car. Like I didn't. I didn't want to do any of that. So I might jump in early if if I get some uh, some long-term benefits out of it. There we go. Jenny, you? would you sign up? I think I would because I um I, I I during the Panini, I really truly discovered the value of a communal movie experience because I only had three of them. Cruella, 
in the heights and then i went to see spider-man twice and the 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 yeah, to borrow a word ineffable joy of being in a theater with all of these people or being in a theater with very few people is so profound and the oscars this year having seen almost none of them and not really caring at all about who wins or who shows up or who does this um i'll try anything that gets me into a theater for less than like forty dollars for two people um and the psychic cost to the pan pandemic anxiety induced dog now i i do have confusion when it comes to um and you might have actually spelled this out and i missed it because i was distracted uh, uh you're not able to like audible credits i can i can give to other i could give books to other people i believe and that, and that kind of stuff it's not like i could use five credits at once and take my whole family to a movie is it i don't know if they have a limit on the amount but yes you can use your credits to take people uh, uh they did they did make that clear that's rad uh yeah. I, I i to be honest i think um the only thing that really bears much of a resemblance to the original proposition of MoviePass is the name. I think that if this was, it's audible, but for movies in a theater. That, it, that's a really good point, because I'm wondering with the amount of pain around MoviePass's collapse, would it have been better? They wouldn't get the initial pickup maybe, but would it have been better to call it something else? Well, um, Mopa. I think- They should have called it Mopa. I think in this case, <laughs> what you have is a lot of people hungry for, as mm -hmm. Jenny expressed, the communal experience of laughing together, crying together, clapping together, all those things. And we, what you remember is the label movie pass as an all you can eat buffet of movies. And if you want to reduce everything down to three words, movie pass is mm -hmm. back. That is a good way that, 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 yeah, yes, it's different, blah, 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 things, credits, whatever. It's more like this model, that model. I, I, I think it's worth it to pick up this dead and buried, a brand that was so dead and buried that we were able to wreck its Wikipedia and nobody noticed, including my co-host, uh, and, uh, 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 and bring it back. I, I think it's brilliant. I think it's, I think it's good. Yeah. Cineclub has launched, gets virtually no one to pay attention. Movie nope. passes back, tell me more. Cinnable. Uh, Cine well, it's like Audible, but for movies, no. Vipa. <laughs> you know who I love, Brian? Yes. Our patrons. Oh, how can you love so many people? I mean, there's That's... almost, wait, is there a thousand of them? There's, oh my God, we're at 999. Uh... We're so close. I, oh, Tom, I can't hear you. I have three digit disease. It's a chronic I condition. Know, I know. I was about to overcome it. <laughs> but then hopefully someone out there right at this moment, hearing these words, realizing Me. that we're the type Our of show. Valentine. On Valentine's Day, show us some love by going to patreon.com slash cord killers. Keep us loud, live and independent, bringing you the news. You get your own RSS feed where you get to binge. Talk about binge over waiting for time delayed stuff. You get to binge both the our main show, the spoiler in time, all of them, and our exclusive after talk where all we do is talk to you. Our, uh, oh, Tom. I, I, I oh, no. Say it. How many? It's only a dollar, folks. Give till it helps. Patreon.com slash cord killers cure <laughs> Brian's disease. And I'll say this much I expect that we will cure my three digit disease. But if we don't, we are willing to be flexible 
and we're willing to add an ASMR segment to every <laughs> Patreon plug going forward. I mean, unless unless it's not a problem, in which case we won't. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the technology. Don't... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, your punishment I, I, can be more severe, I, listeners. <laughs> I'm now. Patreon.com slash court killers. What was that, Tom? Don't, 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 don't. It's not a threat if you do it. Sample. Just a sample of what my God. <laughs> Uh, hey, I've tried to tell you all over the past few years that the great explosion of choice that some complain about would not last forever. There'll be a shakeout coming. And I've also said that shows moving around from service to service is mostly a phenomenon of legacy deals needing to unwind. The deals that were made before we had the streaming landscape that we have now. As the number of services show signs of beginning to consolidate, the services that want to survive are pulling in their own content off other platforms. And we're in the end game, folks. Two stories emblematic of this. Uh, one, Hulu has had NBC shows the next day since back before it was owned by just Disney, when when all the, the big companies owned it. Uh, with Peacock coming along, a lot of folks thought, oh, so those NBC shows will just go to Peacock. But while they did go to Peacock, they stayed on Hulu because there were contracts and stuff. Remember, NBC's owner, Comcast, still owns a small part of Hulu. Disney has wrested control of Hulu, and they'd like that last bit from Comcast as well. So there's a lot of haranguing and negotiating happening. Wall Street Journal sources say that NBC last week was finalizing a plan to change that Hulu partnership and make next-day streaming of flagship shows like The Voice, This Is Us, Saturday Night Live, exclusive to Peacock. Pull them off Hulu. Apparently, NBC had until Friday to make that move. They had a window in which they could propose changes to the contract. Otherwise, the existing deal continues until 2024. Another shoe that we've been waiting to drop is Marvel shows made for Netflix, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, etc. They are now going to disappear from Netflix as of February 28th. That is going to happen. No word on where they're going, although Disney Plus is the obvious bet, right? We just don't know when. Nobody's made an announcement. So NBC pushing to get content back early from Hulu. Marvel evaporating from Netflix. Brian, are we headed for that world where IP always does appear on its own services? Is it, in fact, a world we want? I mean, uh, well, going in reverse order, first of all, uh, part of me wants to shed a tear for Netflix, who brought us so many amazing uh, alternate takes on wonderful Marvel uh, franchises. Uh, but then I remember, uh, you know what? They're not giving those up for free, and they almost certainly are being cons compensated handsomely for all of this. So shed no and tears for Netflix. it's not like Marvel Netflix. didn't make them. Netflix, left, Netflix just commissioned them, right? Correct, correct. Uh, but uh, on in, in, a, in, a, in a bigger picture uh, point of view, it's remarkable to me that Netflix was the first to see that content is king. Netflix... Uh, I remember 10 years ago, you and me being in Las Vegas, talking at the Netflix booth to the Netflix people saying, hey, man, seems like all your best stuff is the stars content you lot you you've licensed. And they said, yeah, that's a problem because we don't own all that. It's like, I don't know. It's the only thing I watch. And they're like, 
Yeah, that's a problem. And then before you know it, they were first movers when it came to original content. They built their library. So much excitement that everybody got on board. They were so right, the shape of the world changed. We saw these tectonic shifts. And now the, the world has changed. People are like, it's, it's almost as though if, forgive me in my penchant for metaphors, but it's almost as though uh, content is the people and uh, these services are the continents. The continents have moved and all of a sudden they're all like, hey, all, all you uh, uh, South Americans in Asia, why don't you come back over here? And Africa's like, hey, all you uh, 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 Europeans who belong in Africa, come back. All of a sudden, this is becoming a problematic metaphor. Forget yeah. I ever said any of this. Um, but but my, my, my point remains that uh, it's ironic that Netflix had the wisdom to see this coming, took action early, reaped massive benefits, and I think has failed to reinvest in their own wisdom to the point where I am bearish on Netflix right now. I don't see much on the horizon. Every other service I can instantly name for you, 10 shows that I can't wait to see more of. I don't know if I could do that with Netflix. Wake me when like it's Bridget over. You don't like Bridgerton, that's why. I, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Well, that but could be it. There's too much stuff to make too, signal out of wide. noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe because the people who like Stranger Things don't necessarily like Bridgerton, don't necessarily like Queen's Gambit. Don't necessarily. Right? It's like not like Money Netflix Heist. has a genre like Disney Plus definitely does. And 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 let me uh, let me uh, immediately undercut my own argument by saying, if Netflix does have a brand, it's by surprising you with gems that they found like squid game that takes the world by storm, but mm. you can't rely on that in a, uh, sequel philic world. Like we live in now. Yeah. Everybody just go talk to HBO about what it was like to be on top and then slowly fall and then rise again and then slowly fall. And all this has happened before and all this will happen again. And as your newest patron, <gasps> I would like to say I'm cured. I'm cured. I no longer have three digit disease. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a thousand or a thousand and one because some other jerk was doing oh. it. <laughs> but you have reached your fourth digit. Mm. Uh, there you go. It only took me five minutes of password <laughs> adjustment. <laughs> uh, okay. But my, my basic take on this is now I live two lives. Uh, I still have DirecTV. I still have 8,000 channels on DirecTV, like a GD old. Uh, and now I have all the streaming channels and now I have streaming channels for my mom, streaming channels for my dad, streaming channels for my mother-in-law. I pay more for content. And yes, I know about the family plans. Not everybody has them and we all live in different states. Uh, and so my particular thought of this is like, well, all right, we've reached the maturity. Netflix was at the top of the mountain for so long. It's still the default, but it is harder and harder to find content that I truly love that does not have a unifying force of either quality like HBO was synonymous with, or like it was a little bit racier maybe on Showtime, like woo, like there's stuff going on there. Um, you know, all of this has happened before and all of this has happened again. These services are basically mature and they'll be fighting each other for years and you will start to see, as I am about to lose my mind and rant about, um, uh, choices made about where they promote their products based on uh, uh, 
which of their properties can go get the most benefit and vice versa. And I will explain that later. But um, the bottom line is, is like this is a mature industry now and Netflix is going to have a harder time staying on top and Hulu's going to have a harder time knowing what it is. Uh, and HBO Max is just going to kick back and laugh uh, all the way to the Sopranos reruns. Yeah, it's actually this this does kind of tread a little bit on our Super Bowl conversation that we're going to have in a minute. I know that's what you're alluding to, Jenny. Uh, but I was watching the Super Bowl on Peacock. And I was watching ads for Netflix and Disney Plus. And it was because most people aren't even thinking about that. But I was thinking about like, I'm watching Peacock right now. And they're letting, I mean, they're taking money. And I know because it's broadcast, but like, is that, that's not going to be a world that we live in at some point. They're, we're going to be back to the broadcast days, right? Where it's ABC, CBS, NBC. They ran the Dumont network out and then they ruled for decades before Fox came along. Uh, I, I feel like apps are going to be like that. Maybe not just three, maybe five, but they're all going to be shifting. No one is going to dominate. That's the way it was. Uh, ABC took a long time to get in the race, but once they did, it was always one of them was on top for a while and then, then they'd become the joke. And then another one would get on top for a while and they'd become the joke. And you know, it, it was just a cycle that kept moving around. And I kind of feel like that's where we're headed. Uh, yeah. well, and when it comes specifically to Netflix, uh, to loop back around, uh, remember they have plenty of, of room to drill deeper for, again, a metaphor, uh, the oil or uh, magical resources by, you yeah, know, yeah. by becoming increasingly global, increasingly specific to, to tailored interests. So they're, they're going to be okay. But, but, but again, as far as like big brand, like when I say Netflix, I don't know, seven years ago, it would, you would have said house of cards, you know, five years yeah, ago, you right. would have said stranger, stranger things. things. And then, uh, now I say Netflix, you say, Maybe Queen's Gambit? That seems like a little two years ago. The crown? You say Squid Queen. Game. Yeah, well, Squid, no, Squid I mean, Game. maybe maybe three or four months ago. Dead. What have you done for Annoying me lately? Annoying autoplay. That's what I say. Yeah, you're screaming at... Yeah, <laughs> you say Netflix, I say move cursor to the side. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, my, that's my issue with HBO. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> and I say 2521, but again, it's, everybody says a different thing, right? Yep. There's two... Hmm. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe it's not. I don't know. As long as it keeps people subscribed, I guess it's not. But oh, Ozark. Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance. I like this it's all about location, location, location. Under surveillance. The Super Bowl took place in Los Angeles Sunday, and yes, American football was played. There were secondary attractions like an amazing halftime concert and special commercials that everybody wanted to talk about. And among those commercials were a spate of trailers for upcoming movies and TV shows. So I'm going to run through what dropped. And uh, Jenny and Brian, uh, if you could just tell us how you felt about them, if you felt anything at all. Maybe you didn't. Uh, rapid fire. Here are the trailers from the Super Bowl broadcast. Uh, we'll start, Brian, with... Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming Man, to theaters I, May 6th. I, uh, keep in mind, I didn't watch any of these until like an hour ago. So so as I went through them, I was really struck by there were kind of two things. Yes, they were trailers, but also I realized each trailer only needed to, to say one thing. And uh, like in the case of Multiverse of Madness, it was really wild because Justin was like, did you see it? Did you catch the thing? I was like, oh, let's watch it. And I watched it. And I'm like, seems like a mad universe 
crazy. And he's like, you didn't see the guy and the thing? And, and I was like, no, I did not recognize the voice of the guy. Are we doing spoilers for trailers? Trailers are literally advertisements. We're talking freely about them, right? I think that's enough of a warning. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Uh, 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 I did not recognize the voice of what appears to be Patrick Stewart, maybe, uh, or the sliding motion of uh, a, a bald man into a tribunal to judge also, Stephen it's Strange. Definitely. It's definitely him. I was listening to it. John was listening earlier. We both, we were like, oh, that's him. That's okay. I, I, it did not land with me. Hmm. Uh, I'm deaf. I'm old. Uh, uh, just give me a wheelchair. I was so excited. Uh, this is the only thing I'm looking forward to in the near future, generally speaking, in life. Uh, and I'm super happy. Uh, and yes, I heard the voice and immediately maybe start thinking about all the other people we're going to see and uh, how what if primed us for the concept of uh, a cranky strange, to put it that way. Cranky strange. And, I love that. That's yeah, so much better than evil. <laughs> it's, it's just cranky Dr. He's like, do you know how many lifetimes I've gone through this crap? <laughs> Get off my multiversal lawn. Um, and I'm just like so happy and ready for this movie because Marvel has really come through for me and uh, in the pandemic uh, a lot. And so I'm very grateful. Um, so, yeah, that's my take. I'm there. Bell's on. All right. Next trailer, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, uh, the serial a, a TV show, I guess, for lack of a better word, coming to Amazon Prime Video September 2nd. Uh, so this was the first trailer where I realized, uh, oh, wait, you don't need to tell us certain things. All this needed to say is, yes, it looks as good as the movies. End of press release. And, and it did, I thought. Yeah. I mean, look, I am a Lord of the Rings fanatic. Uh, like so many people, I watched the books, uh, read the books for the first time when I had mono which is the classic way to read the books, because otherwise you're not going to read the book. I mean, it's the only way the you're... lyrics to Pom Tom Bombadil <laughs> make sense is when you're yeah. high on meds. <laughs> when you're high on medicine. Yeah. And uh, I embraced the movies with an absolute uh, 20 years of love and passion and respect and uh, obsession. So my only emotion other than, yes, of course, I'm going to watch it is I'm nervous because... Uh, uh, foundation was tough for me because it was just like, oh, and I didn't even try for Wheel of Time. And I'm just feeling like the big epics, they 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 don't quite know how to land Game of Thrones elsewhere. As a matter of fact, I think uh, that's one the thing they did time. exceptionally well in this is keep the stakes low, keep the walls yep. concrete, make it clear these are human adventures in a smaller world before it became insane and bonkers and epic. Back when, you know, that one ring that ruled them all, let's learn about each of the super friends before we find out who dominated them. Yeah, That's right. Elves too. And it looks like Harfoots, which is pretty exciting. And um, uh, orcish things, trollish things. Like there's a lot going on in this, in this trailer for people who know what they're talking about. And the people who have no idea what they're talking about, but they really like those movies 20 years ago are also going to be happy. So, you know, Jeff Bezos can watch it from Mars and I will watch it from here and I will be very excited. I think it's Elon Musk that will watch it from Mars. Jeff Bezos will no, just thought... watch it from orbit. Oh, no. As a matter of fact, uh, he's going to put up uh, – Jeff Bezos, Bezos will put will up a the... giant signal blocker that blocks out Mars at all times. <laughs> so Musk right. can't watch it. Anyway, I, right. I, I digress. Uh, there was a lot of talk about how bad the graphics looked. Uh, on on the social media, I watched this as I mentioned earlier on Peacock and thought, 
hmm, that CGI doesn't look as good as I thought it would. It looks all right. I didn't think it was awful. Then I watched the trailer online again, prepping for the show today. I was like, oh, this looks fantastic. So I That's wild. There's yeah. an advertising agent somewhere getting chewed out by someone at Amazon about why it looked bad on the stream. Uh, so, because it looks fine coming straight off the website. It could be anything from like a frame rate upscaling problem to mm-hmm. uh, to somebody sent the wrong export file to yeah the low yeah. res yeah 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 uh, I, I I there's all kind those are good reasons there's plenty of other reasons but if you if you thought it looked like crap and you want go watch the web if you watch the web and you still think it looks like crap well then you and I just disagree but uh, I thought it looked much better when I watched it online. Uh, third one, Jordan Peele's Western horror film, Nope. That's not like Leslie. Nope. It's N O P E coming to theaters July 22nd. This was another one where it's like, uh, uh, I actually really adored the opening and it was perfectly timed. So about 15 seconds in, I was like, well, this looks like a lot of fun. This is a Jordan Peele movie. (laughs) And then around that thought, the lights went out and it looks like some kind of extraterrestrial thing. Um, I, I, I know it's going to make me think, I know it's going to make me jump, uh, which again, and the last thing I want, which weirdly was the first mistake they made. Uh, Bryce was the one that called it out the first time, uh, uh, with Jordan Peele's, uh, debut movie, that trailer told the entire movie, <laughs> whereas they finally figured out that maybe we shouldn't do that uh, since everybody trusts him now. Well, there are two things that I don't do well in life, hot sauce and horror movies. Now, hot ones, First We Feast's hot ones actually cured me of my hot sauce terrors, so I can now do that. But I have yet to be able to handle a Jordan Peele horror film in a theater i have to watch it with all the lights on in my house like this uh for for jump cuts and then like this for um emotional fragility and so i will watch it just not in the theater i'll send matt along by himself brian i was curious how you felt about a member of your magic show uh having relatives show up in nope wait uh wait uh, crazy Oh, oh, <laughs> the inflatable happy pantses. Uh, uh, yeah. Boy, uh, Jordan really has a sense of those dynamic visuals that are unsettling for reasons you can't quite put your finger on. And wh- if you told me, yeah, dude, you're going to see floppy tube guys deflate, but it'll be synchronized and you'll be disturbed. I'll be all like, what? <laughs> and then I now, now all you have to say is Jordan Peele. And I'm like, okay, that's creepy. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion coming to theaters June 10th. Uh, the big reveal in the trailer here is members of the original series of movies crossing over into the new ones. Uh, again, another one where it's like they only had to say one thing and it didn't have nothing to do with dinosaurs. They didn't say, look at this feathered flying dinosaur. Look at this even bigger T-Rex. They, 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 they just they pushed hard on the nostalgia button for the first movie. Then they brought it home with the surprise faces that we recognize. Um, uh, I still won't go see it, but, uh, but kudos to you guys. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I'll go. It'll be hot. I'll go. Aren't these movies good? Aren't they supposed to be good? Isn't this a they good make, movie? They make series? a lot of money. The They're question, good for shareholders. The question you have to ask, the only question you have to ask is, do they exist? Is there a movie? Is it in the theater? I will be there. 
I guess. Yeah. We know they've jumped dinosaurs. the shark when uh, when they they like cross hybridize a, hum, a human and a dinosaur. A dinosaur and a shark. And, and it's and, and they a, jump. a dinosaur and a lawnmower. Unless it's Jeff Goldblum and he's like a neurotic T Rex. He's like, oh my goodness, I just feel this compulsion to go ahead and eat this house, but huh, that seems awfully destructive. Are we getting a fly crossover? <laughs> yeah, br- br- a Brundle Rex. <laughs> Uh, all right. How about The Lost City, starring Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock, coming to uh, theaters March 25th? Actually, coming to Netflix, right? Uh, no, no, coming to theaters March 25th. Sorry, I, I, I said that wrong. Uh, this is Romancing the Stone for 2022, right? I think it says something about the uh, amount of time we got to spend with this trailer and just how impressed we were that you had to take a moment to figure out whether or not it was in theaters or on Netflix. I was Netflix. like, wait, a comedy coming to theaters? <laughs> I must have this wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> action rom-com, all for it. I love the action rom-com. There are so many of them that are my, my favorites of all time, but, but like... Uh, and these two are independently have fantastic chemistry with other co-stars. I'm very interested to see what they do together. Plus, Brad Pitt's in it, being all weird. I like weird Brad Pitt. Games that want to get out, but they can't. I mean, all also, for what it's worth, uh, whoever wrote it, that's a good line. My father was a weatherman. Pretty good. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 coming to theaters April 8th. Yeah, this one is the first trailer that I was like, God, is it over yet? And I realized it was only 30 seconds long. Um, all they had to say was there's another Sonic movie. And I guess they hey, said that we've got another Sonic movie and it's going to be here. Uh, here's one that definitely is coming to Netflix. The Adam project, March 11th. This was at the tail end of Netflix showing you bits of all the movies coming this year on Netflix. Try at, at a bid, Brian, to try to get you to understand all the things, but it, there's, there's a lot of different things. And so, not all so many of them, Tom, listen, of all those movies that they showed besides the Adam project, uh, how many do you, uh, how many can you name? The Adam project, right? That's the one that you can't the name other ones. Cause there was a lot of them, right? The, those things that were over there, but I was eating Cheetos and now I don't remember. This was a bad ad. And it is a problem for Netflix. Netflix is a very heterogeneous environment that that caters to very specific tastes. And by trying to give something to everyone, they essentially gave nothing to everyone. Uh, and no, and I, I think give me Ryan Reynolds. That said, the Adam Project. It, it, when I saw it on the actual Super Bowl stream, it was separate from the movie. Okay. Bit. I just saw the Ryan Reynolds bit, uh, and we were looking at each other like. Last Starfighter? What what's going, you know, is it a reboot? What what's this about? Oh, it's time travel. Looks looks intriguing. I'm into it. I mean, in the Adam project, for what it's worth, I, I agree with you hundred percent. But in terms of ad spends, uh man, I increasingly uh I don't know what the message of Netflix is. They don't seem to have a core message, as best I can tell. And- hey, if you liked frequency, right? But you want a little more sarcasm? That's Adam Project, and I'm 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 here yeah. for that. But that's it. Yeah. And also, you know, you you mentioned earlier, but uh, this this comes up a lot when we pick stuff for spoiler time. We don't know when the next big Netflix thing is going to be good, and I think they know that it's better for them to not know either. It's better for them to just take all these rant, you know, take all these algorithm based keep watching things pitches, yeah, and just uh, try them. I mean, that's why. We're seeing all these shows get can you know get get canceled or ended 
it, prematurely because they're trying because maybe some of those shows probably wouldn't have even gotten pitched it, to begin with. It makes me wonder if it's time for Netflix to pivot in their marketing to almost kind of a long distance service uh, model of advertising where, yeah, we're the phone company. We're not going to show phones. What we're going to do is show tender moments of connection because mm-hmm. what we do is connect with you. Uh, Netflix's messaging likewise. Yeah. Show all those rich visuals and talk about your originals, but say Netflix always there for you to cuddle with, you know, or yeah. Netflix chiller Day. than ever. Chill. <laughs> Netflix. Netflix and chill till money no longer has meaning. <laughs> Until the singularity. Uh, right. And our last one here, uh, Moon Knight coming to Disney Plus March 30th. Uh, yeah. No, uh, uh, this is one I kind of keep at arm's length because I want to be surprised by it. It looks good. Uh, Oscar Isaac, like him better when he doesn't do some really extra accent, but I'm in. I mean, now, what we didn't see was something that I swore I read on Variety we were going to see, which was a trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi. We got a date. It's coming May 25th, but there was no Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer in the Super Bowl. Excuse me, Tom. I have something to say. Yes, Jenny. Go for it. Kenobi! What the ever-loving excuse me? I'm about to go on what is uh, TM trademark Molly rant. Uh, Where's my blinkety-blankety- Jar Jar Binks and Kenobi trailer, okay? I have put so many clown gifts, sad clown gifts on the internet after every major event, and yet there is still no Kenobi trailer. Now, here's where we get back to that discussion about the streamers. Remember in the past when movies and movie uh, studios used to put their biggest trailers on the Oscar because they were like, wow, we're going to get all those eyeballs. Is it possible now that things have changed so much that the Oscars and ABC parent company of Disney Plus or whatever the heck uh, are like, oh, we got to help out the Oscars and put that there Kenobi commercial in the middle of them. I think you might you might have nailed it there. Yeah. I mean, that's terrible. But if it's not on the Oscars, then it's going to be a half hour program reveal on Disney Plus where they do all of this hoopla and then reveal the trailer at the end or. And you know some really sassy marketing person has come up with this idea. They're going to do nothing. Uh, they don't have to do anything. Hey, Jenny. Do you know Yo. why people spend millions of dollars to put ads on the Super Bowl? Uh, Is... To get attention. Uh, to get people to talk about their thing. Oh. What have we been doing? <laughs> Talking about the thing that wasn't on there for that free. Uh, as, yeah. a, as a famous robot named Joshua once said, uh, sometimes the only winning move is not to play. <laughs> yeah. But all I saw were Peacock ads, and that's why, right? That This was NBC's event. It was Peacock ads. All, I didn't even see, like, I barely saw any streamer ads. Oh, there, there was the Netflix ad. There was a couple. There was and a there Netflix was a Disney ad. Plus ad that, not that for... very clearly said, we have all the best things. We have Star yeah. Wars. We have Marvel. F.U. Peacock. And uh, they're dressed as us. goats. Yeah. Like literal goats, which I thought was confusing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess they did their job. It cost them nothing, and it's all we're talking about. Yeah, I I agree with you that ABC is Disney's property. Disney wants to put the Kenobi trailer on the biggest ABC thing to drive people to that thing, and the Oscars is the next one. Yeah, unless they're going to regurgitate Walt Disney in the digital beyond and have him introduce it like he used to do with all the different specials on 
classic ABC long, long ago. Now that would be something. Interesting. All right. Uh, let's talk about what we've been watching with our eyes on. Jenny, what have your eyes been on? <laughs> uh, something tall, lean, and gorgeous, let me tell you. Okay. So the pandemic's been going on for a long time. And uh, Matt and I finally watched Doctor Who. We got to 10 and we became obsessed. That led to Broadchurch on HBO Max, Staged, which I can't recommend enough on Hulu. Have you guys talked about Staged on here? Um, wow, yeah. David Tennant, Michael Sheen, uh, uh, Georgia Tennant, Anna Lundberg, just wonderful pandemic fair. Uh, a real uh, uh, There She Goes, which is a real dark horse contender on BritBox. Uh, which is fantastic, uh, around the world in 80 days. And this is getting really embarrassing, but thank you to the 10th Doctor and the Doctor's Daughter for a world of entertainment that we would not have otherwise had. Oh, excellent. Uh, so, so David Tennant, you've become a David Tennant fan. <sighs> I would like to say I'm a fan of the entire Tennant family, including Olive, who is in Oscar-nominated Belfast, and Ty, who's in all sorts of weird stuff that I don't know about. Yes, I think this family is the coolest. End of story. Very cool. All right, Brian, what about you? Uh, so we went on a uh, short two-day vacation down to Corpus Christi. We stayed at a hotel, went to the aquarium. Nice. It was a whole big thing. It was great. Uh, and uh, uh, we had two rooms. And I was the, uh, on a busy day, you know, you get that quiet moment. You just want everyone to have some downtime. So, um, you know, I put on a, uh, some cartoons uh, uh, and discovered something that anybody who has a, a kid who watches traditional cable television on the Disney Channel already knows about, but I was late to. But when my other kids came in, my older kids, they were confused. They're like, did you pay for this? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, it's like, well, this is a Disney thing. And I'm like, yeah. And, and they were like, but the on-screen menu said you had to pay extra for on-demand Disney content. And I was like, no, 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 I changed channels. They're like, what? <laughs> and I was like, see, on the remote, the CH button, it goes up and you keep going. And then eventually you find cartoons. Uh, uh, but for the first time I saw uh, uh, Big City Greens on the Disney Channel, so much fun. Uh, it's it's fun to see Disney entering a new era where they're more comfortable with kind of out of the box, I don't want to say edgier content, but the casual jokes about get back to making nuclear bombs and a visual gag where some where a, a bodyguard just straight up cracks a neck and kills a guy and moves on. Not stuff I expected to see on Disney Channel, uh, but um, I, 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 it's got a lot of regular show DNA in it, and I really enjoyed it. All right. I want to give a big thumbs up uh, to a Disney Plus original that uh, was late in coming. It, it had finished its on-air run in Korea uh, and just arrived on Disney Plus. It's called Snowdrop. It is set in the 90s. Uh, well, no, 80s. It's set at the at the uh, the time of uh, the the advent of democracy, like the the solidifying of democracy. Uh, there, it's set in a pretty fraught time, and there's a lot of controversy about how they were depicting the democracy movement and protesters and the police. Uh, but the central story is uh, some some women in a dormitory going to university. It's a, a fake university name, Hankook University, uh, and they uh, think they are sheltering a protester uh, from the police. And then it turns out uh, that there's a whole thing going on involving North Korea and spies and plots by parties to use North Korea to embarrass other parties, to win elections. Uh, and you've also got a pretty 
what looks like is going to be a pretty typical K-drama love story that turns very wrong very quickly. It's a fascinating show. Uh, it is. I, I love a K-drama, but I this is one I think I can rec recommend to people who don't like K-dramas uh, because the historical aspect of it, the political aspect of it, it's it's like a love action movie rather than than a, a romantic comedy or a romantic action movie. Uh, and we just can't stop watching it. We keep trying to find time to fit it in with the Super Bowl and the Olympics and and all the stuff going on. It's just it's so good. And it just arrived this past week on Disney Plus with all the episodes. You can watch at your own pace. Uh, it's so curious that you said those exact words because at, before you said it, I was thinking, man, uh, I would really be curious to have Tom give me like a top five in order of recommended uh, 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 you know, Korean or, or, uh, anything on Vicky, uh, that, yeah, that, yeah. that in, in what order you would have me watch them. And it sounds like, does this one take the top spot? I don't know if it takes the top spot overall because there's, you know, things like Goblin and Crash Landing on You are, are fantastic. Uh, and I'd have to sit there and think about those, uh, first, but if you want to watch something that's current, like just finished airing, you know, the, the latest production values, it's got Jisoo from Blackpink in her first role. There's a lot of buzz around it and have it be very good. Uh, I, I think this is a great one to pick up. I'm not sure where it fits in the pantheon, uh, at the end yet. Yeah. Uh, uh Hey Bryce, uh, what should we, what should we, what's the segment called <laughs> on the lookout? Yeah, on there the you lookout. go. Hey, we've got Rick. I mean, who, normally Tom does normally this Tom does <laughs> uh, Rick's got a person pick. I'll explain what this is in a second. Rick writes, hello, your boss Rick here to give a plug for Taylor Sheridan, creator of three popular current TV shows. The first was Yellowstone, uh, which uh, Rick says was the first cable network show in three years. No, 10 years to crack the top five of the Nielsen chart. That's interesting. Okay, interesting. Uh, uh, it's got Kevin Costner, who leads a fine cast in uh, a modern-day Western. That's Yellowstone. And then a prequel spin-off series, 1883, is all on Paramount+. Plus. And Rick dares to say it's even better than the wildly popular Yellowstone. It is a true Western about a wagon train from Texas northbound with an amazing cast, including Sam Elliott, Tim McGraw, and Faith Hill, and a breakout star in Isabel, Isabel May, who I predict will become a huge star. The other series, uh, also on Paramount+, Plus, is Mayor of Kingstown, uh, which is about cops and convicts, uh, kind of a... Kind of a theme with this guy here. Uh, and the final two episodes of that are nothing short of, quote, epic TV. Uh, anyway, all three are definitely worth a look. Early seasons of Yellowstone are on Peacock. The rest of the seasons and the shows that Rick mentioned are on Paramount+. Plus. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email it to us, please. Cordkillers at gmail.com. And uh, Mike, it right here in this part of the show. Thank you. Brian, there's only one reason we're able to do the show right now, and it's charity. Uh, well, that and the fact that all of our equipment was provided on loan from our friends over at doghousesystems.com, and you can help work off our debt by when you upgrade your gaming system, when you upgrade your workhorse system, go to doghousesystems.com slash rogue, that's R-O-G-U-E, use promo code rogue at checkout, you'll get a little something extra, but on top of that, what if you're like, I don't want to buy nothing, and I still want something for free, I don't know if you guys know this, we do giveaways every single week at gimme.scamstuff.com. Put your name on the list. Uh, every time you sign up once a week, uh, we give away something good. And, and people really do win it. And you really do get notified. And you really do get to get it for free. Sorry, Charity. He says it's Doghouse Systems and something else. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> See, you. See you later. Let's move on to the front lines. 
Uh, Disney had its earnings report, and we're checking in with 129.8 million paying Disney Plus subscribers globally as of the end of 2021. That's up 37% on the year, uh, adding 11.8 million since the end of Q3. 42.9 million subscribe in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, so less than half. They're, they're getting a lot worldwide. Uh, Disney Plus Hotstar in India and Southeast Asia had 45.9 million. So that's a good other chunk. And the rest is 41.1 million outside of India and the U.S. Uh, crushing it. Uh, wow. Wow. Um, meanwhile, Futurama is making yet another comeback, which I kind of want to fuss. Is this uh, the third life or the fourth life it's living? I've, I've been saying the third and or fourth return of Futurama, depending on how you count it. Uh, meanwhile, but regardless, this time it's Hulu. They've announced it's going to bring the series back for a third time uh, with 20 episodes to start streaming in 2023. Most of the cast has already been announced as coming back, except for John DiMaggio, who voices Bender. Futurama aired on Fox from 1999 to 2002, then died, then did four DVD movies that became episodes on Comedy Central, then ran from 2020, or sorry, 2010 to 2013. Meanwhile, uh, I guess I, I poked around a little bit. Uh, I, I guess it sounds like a negotiation sticking point for Bender to come back. Yeah. Cheese it. Get him the money. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. I'm down with that. Yeah. I'd pay him whatever he, he needs. Pay the uh, ransom. Disney. Yeah, you've got it. You've got the money. Uh, free streaming got some good news. Fox-owned Tubi has reported a 40% increase in streams in 2021 to 3.6 billion hours worth. Uh, Tubi notes that MarketCast showed that streaming video on-demand audiences grew 8% in 2021, while ad-supported video on-demand like Tubi grew 16%. Tubi focuses on its library. It has 41,000 titles. It says it doesn't want to waste billions of dollars on new content because it doesn't have that money to waste. Uh, Until it does. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and uh, in, look, I, I mean, this could be a good business model. It just is, is going to be hard squeeze in a world where new content is king. Uh, 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 there's always going to be a place for vinyl, but it's well, going to be increasingly niche. <laughs> Nobody realizes they're watching Tubi. They just look up some odd documentary or old TV show and get told that's on Tubi and they're like, Oh, okay, well I'll watch that there. And then they forget about it. But that ends up to be 3.6 billion hours worth of folks doing that. Apparently. Yep. Uh, the not the Oscar nominees were announced last week and marked the shift from what streaming services had nominees to where can I stream the nominees? Most of the nominees are available on services. Most of them, uh, uh, most of the rest are available for buying it on or rental. CNET has a pretty good breakdown of what's available where only uh, West Side Story, Drive My Car, and Licorice Pizza are listed as unavailable at home, and all three are still in theaters. That seems fair, Dinkum. And wow, what a crazy world. I, I can't believe, Tom, we started the show, and then a decade passed, and I blinked, and we live in that future now. Everyone has tablets. <laughs> the iPad finally arrived. Yeah, right? I, 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 for anybody who didn't get that reference, John, Tom used to joke about how we're doing iPad this week before the iPad's invented, and someday the iPad will be invented, and here we are with tablets. Yeah, uh, some of this may be pandemic-related, but I, I was impressed by the fact that there are only three Oscar nominees that you can't watch at home without getting a screener from some friend in the biz. Uh, Me. You can get it from me. <laughs> from Jenny, for instance. Uh, we're pretty close to the finalization of Warner Media being spun out from AT&T and merged with Discovery. 
Uh, U.S. regulators have signed off on the merger as of last Wednesday. Not a problem. And Discovery has set a date for its shareholder vote to happen on March 11th. That is expected to pass without any trouble. Uh, that would set the stage for the two companies to actually merge in April and become Warner Brothers Discovery. Well, here's some out-of-the-box news. Oh, by Wan Kenobi, a limited original series. Kenobi. 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 <laughs> Go old, old Kenny O. Uh, old Kenny O in his world-famous dirt. Uh, starts streaming in May 25th on Disney+. Plus. Netflix also released a trailer for season two of Bridgerton. Returning March 25th, Better Call Saul returns to AMC April 18th for seven episodes. Takes a quick break and then comes back July 11th for the last six episodes of the final season. And West Side Story comes to Disney+, Plus in the U.S. and most markets on March 2nd. And also HBO Max in the U.S. on the same day. And Amazon released a trailer for the Amy Poehler documentary, Lucy and Desi, coming March 4th. And if you you think I'm talking fast because I don't want to get in trouble with Jenny? You're right. Hey, what are those dispatches from the front? <laughs> Lots of great emails this week. Thank you, cordkillers at gmail.com, for sending these. Uh, if we don't read it on the show, know that we saw it and we loved it and we enjoyed hearing from you, so keep them coming. Uh, we'll start with Josh M. Uh, who wanted to pitch in with his two cents on the whole binge versus weekly debate. He says, while I don't have a set rule, I've usually binged comedy shows like Seinfeld and Modern Family in about three months each, but prefer a slightly slower approach to some more complicated shows with lots of storylines, like, say, Witcher or Game of Thrones, to be able to absorb the week's stories and listen to podcasts about them, etc. But last night, when I started Narcos Mexico Season 3, I was totally lost as to who was who and then figured out this was one of those series that given the number of characters, it's better to binge as you will not be able to remember all of them. That is why I plan on binging The Expanse now that all the seasons are done. TLDR, I guess it's dependent on the show and your preferences. As you can see, even I contradicted myself before the email ended, but I definitely do not agree that every show is better in a binge. Uh, that's a good point because if you're telling a joke and you keep telling the joke, uh, 30 minutes at a time, five to seven times per night, every single day for a week, I'm going to guess that joke will get a little bit tired. Whereas I do think that dramas uh, really do benefit from having a fresh memory of, I know all the players, all of the chess game that's happening right now. I think what, where I, where I see the, the binge comedy effect is it's easy watching. Yeah. It's, it's not, I, Oh, I have to pay attention and really think about this. And after one or two of those, especially as you get older, you're like, you know what? I need to take a break. Maybe I'll watch five episodes of Seinfeld because I don't have to think too hard about those. And and so you binge the comedies faster. And and there is a bit it's of also, bliss in, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Jenny, you can tell me if you think that there's anything to this. I think there's some bliss in not having to wonder what you're going to do when this ends. <laughs> you're going to press yes. go on another one. <laughs> And what I was going to say is basically it all depends on how sad you are. Are you sad? You're going to watch 10 episodes of something. Yeah, you're feeling sure. great. You might go out in the yard. <laughs> uh, okay. Steve wrote, gentlemen and guest. So this is addressed to you, Jenny. Uh, I bought an LG 4K TV last year, which is a smart TV to replace my, non, uh, my aging non-smart TV. I find it more convenient to use the TV apps than it is to use a streaming stick. The problem is... Not all the apps are available on my TV. If I want to watch hockey on ESPN Plus, I have to use a stick. I have Roku, Fire TV, and Chromecast. 
It seems that the apps on the TV as well as LG's OS are updated frequently, though. Yeah, it's a hockey stick. I I I I think it's just going to be this uh, this this pendulum swinging back and forth. There's going to be you know uh, you're going to need more horsepower to power your superior visual or audio uh, engagement, and then it'll swing back to where like yeah, build it into the TV. Who cares? Yeah, basically, Adam in San Diego said a similar thing. Got got the TiVo Stream 4K because uh, after several years, I still don't have HBO Max on my LG uh, TV. We have the opposite thing where VLive uh, is only available on the LG TV. It doesn't have an app on boxes like like Roku and Apple TV and stuff. Uh, uh, quick shouts out to Andrew, who uh, I'm going to summarize because we're short on time. But basically, uh, he has taken to listening to an entire season of us talking about a show on spoiler in time before he brings it to his significant other. And so he's able to say like, no, you're going to love this because I listen to everything. And I know this is the kind of thing you're going to like, uh, which is very counterintuitive in this, in this, uh, spoiler phobic culture. Yeah, no, I love this. I love that. He's like, well, let me hear what Brian and Tom think of this entire series before I decide because based on what they say not necessarily what we like but based on what we say he'll know whether she'll like it or not which i think is really fascinating one thing i'll say on the whole tv bit i have in the past two years bought six roku tvs on two different coasts what oh, so wow. i've made my choice because yeah, wait, all I, I can do is log in and be me anywhere you 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 have broken my thesis because I've been touting for years that people only upgrade their TVs like once every five to seven years. But now you're, yeah, you've gone titty crazy woman. dollars each. I carry a big one under my arm wherever I go. It's a good, good call. Good call. All right. Before we get out of here, Jenny Josephson, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Where can folks go to listen to you on let's talk about star Wars. Oh, well, thank you for letting people know about let's talk about star Wars where we just completed the run of Boba Fett. Uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, also, I do believe coming up, we've got America's Next Top Podcaster returning to the airwaves sometime not in the not-too-distant future. Very exciting. Uh, and you can find me on JennyJ23. That's J-E-N-N-I-E-J-23, comma, Mara Jade's publicist, uh, uh, which is my moniker of choice these days. And I just want to tell you that I'll be out there complaining about something, so come find me. Mm. Our website, Anthony, is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com, and we're live on twitch.tv slash nightattack, also on diamondclub.tv, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. See you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra they're, they're scratching our itch, like, because we're I think addicted. as long as it's consensual, like, we're fine. We're addicted to their money. And love. Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>